Selamat pagi, Skadis. Good morning. I'm assuming that's this. <laughs> it does, actually. I Google translated good morning, girl, in Malay. Ah, cultural. How are things in Toronto? Well, actually, the weather's really nice, but I thought we were doing better, and then I watched the news, and then the news proved me wrong. Yeah, that's your mistake. Do not watch the news, and things will seem a lot better. How are you? I'm good. I joined the gym. I go to the gym now. My gym friends get me. <laughs> How about you? How's your week been? I'm straight. Open mouth, your face. <laughs> <laughs> what? I was not expecting that. My finger. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of my body ain't Just to recap The injury to the finger Happened when you Had a pair of jeans That was too tight uh, No, no, no <laughs> Is your finger better or not? It is better Okay, you can see Look at it It actually is straight The problem is that Well, the, now the tip is too stiff What? <laughs> I can't bend it all the way Because the tip Is where I tore the tendon Look It doesn't look too bad, does it? No, it's not too bad can you still make a fist? Can I still make a fist? Ski pole. Yeah, if you were skiing, could you... Nope, the person on my left would be like, I think you're doing a better <laughs> job for him. And I'd be like, I'm not ambidextrous. <laughs> um, have you had any feedback that you wanted to share from last week's show? Yes, actually, this is very exciting. So we have a hearing impaired listener. I'm waiting for the punchline. Like. Oh, <laughs> pause for laugh. Yes, that was actually. Yeah, do you know what's terrible? It's just, 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 not a joke, just a fact. Yes. <laughs> okay, we have a hearing impaired listener, which I thought was very interesting. He told me that a he likes our podcast, but maybe we could talk about more serious things. And I said, that's not why I podcast. So. Maybe we're just not your cup of tea. We're not here for that, no. <laughs> we're not here. No, no. And then he said to me, but Ming, you also talk very quickly. Sometimes I don't even understand what you're saying because you talk too quickly. Sometimes I don't understand what you're saying. No, that's a really fair point. I don't understand what you're saying because you talk too quickly. I don't even have a lisp. I just have an accent and I talk quickly. What's the point? <laughs> but then I was like, how dare you tell me that you don't understand me when you're the one with the hearing impairment? No. <laughs> No, actually, I thought that. I didn't say that to him. Craig and I are good friends. We play water polo together. You're rude to his face as well. Though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but he said himself, he's like, sometimes I don't even hear the whistle in water polo. And believe you me. <laughs> We've noticed, we Craig. Know. We've noticed. <laughs> yes. But I said I would give him a shout out. And then I said we will also maybe include a transcript for him in the future. Exactly. Yeah. We could be a hearing impaired friendly podcast in the future. We should definitely do that. Also, final bit of feedback. Athena's bow lie. It's not a thing. What do you mean? Just call it your sternum. Well, you just made it up? I've been telling everyone that. Cousin Nick was showing me his Athena's bow last night. And <laughs> he was quite proud of his. But then you're saying it's not even what it's called. No, I went Googling afterwards. Somebody was like, I don't think Athena's bow is correct. And I was like, oh, <laughs> let me prove you wrong. So I went and Googled and it never came up. Well, speaking of Jamal, that was sort of my feedback. Yeah, he's probably the most popular guest we've had so far because the feedback was, oh, as soon as I saw that the guest was Jamal, I hit that link hard. It was just like, oh, well, he was lovely, but uh, we've had other guests too that have been good. Oh, I wanted to give a shout out to the Video Queens podcast. Uh, that's Patrick and Cameron. Now, I really liked their analysis of the film Another Gay Movie, which is a, a film from 15 years ago. They're, they're about to release a director's cut of that film. And it's w definitely worth checking out because if you want to see queer sex front and center in a teen comedy movie, this is the film for you. Gareth, not appropriate. 
teen sex. Yeah, what? Te- teenager comedy, teen sex comedy. Like, uh, it's a gay version of American Pie. Do you know what? They are actually proper adults that just play younger. Like in Dawson's Creek. Like, they're like 40 and they're playing 16-year-olds. What's your age range that you put down for casting that you could play? Realistically, 23. Woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so versatile. <laughs> <laughs> This week's episode is presented by Gaydar.net, the original gay dating app. And just before we get going, remember to subscribe and leave a comment. Oh, our guest has arrived. Our guest this week won our hearts on season one of Drag Race UK. She's known for circus stunts and luxurious chest hair. Hailing from East London via Canada, please welcome to the stage, Crystal. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. (laughs) I think it's pretty funny how I kind of like stalked you down or tracked you down. Because obviously on Wednesday, we have our April snow shower, which comes every year, but people lose their fucking minds about it. Because they're like, I can't believe it's April and it's snowing. And I was like, oh, are you in Toronto? And you're like, yep. (laughs) Stuck in quarantine. Yep. Yep. So thank you for coming on our show. It's my pleasure. I literally have nothing else to do. So you can take that how you... <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a compliment, definitely. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll put that as like one of those like Yelp reviews. I had nothing better to do. So I came on and I loved it. Five stars. <laughs> well, I'll, re- I'll reserve judgment about the loving it, but I'm sure I will. <laughs> Now, Crystal, we remember you from when you used to be performing at The Glory and then you've hit, obviously hit the big time with Drag Race. Was hitting the big time everything that you imagined it to be? Do you remember me from The Glory? Yeah, totally. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, was it everything I imagined it to be? I don't know. I think I was very naive about all of it, to be honest with you. I applied for Drag Race like kind of for a laugh. Even when they told me I was shortlisted, I was like, oh, there's no way I'm getting on. When they told me I was on, I was like, nah, like <laughs> I'll probably go first. Like I was just basically really convinced that it wasn't really going to happen. I guess it's exceeded my expectations because I didn't expect anything, which is maybe the secret to life. Low expectations. That's what I say at the start of all of my shows to the audience when they arrive. Just keep your expectations low and you're going to have a great night. Well, we might have to steal that as a disclaimer for our show, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Crystal, before the pandemic, you were traveling fairly frequently between UK and Canada. And I was wondering, does the pandemic sort of challenge your perception of of home and place and not being able to do that as you used to? How does that leave you feeling about where you live and how you work? I guess the travel part of drag for me was relatively recent like I hadn't really done much work outside of London to be honest with you so I would come to Canada just to see my family home is definitely in London and it has been for quite a long time because I'm married and I have a house and like I'm pretty settled there so basically the challenge was just like not seeing my family for a long time like it was also new to me when the pandemic hit that I hadn't started to take it for granted yet if that makes sense it does feel like there is light on the horizon yeah um, work is coming back thank Crystal, we really enjoyed your podcast, The Things That Made Me Queer. Are there more episodes on the way? There are. Yeah, I've been recording a little bit while I've been here. Um, I've got some really fun guests lined up, uh, which I'm not going to tell you, but like, oh, pretty gagged by a couple of the people I've got. You had great guests in the first season. So you're saying you've you've raised the bar. 
I think so. At least keep the bar at the same level. I'm going to run out of a celebrity soon. That's going to be my problem. You know what I'm finding very difficult is finding lesbians. They're hiding. When lesbians are famous, they are uber famous because there aren't enough of them to be to have like a nice C-list tranche of lesbian celebrity. Just because I don't think there's enough lesbian visibility. Whereas gay men, like you can Everywhere. throw a rock and yeah. you hit a gay D-list celebrity. So there's lots of people I can get from my podcast in the gay man category. But like lesbians, it's trickier. Which celebrity lesbians are on your hit list? Well, see, this is the thing. Um, I mean, I would love like a Tegan and or Sarah. I think that would be incredible for me. Uh. Uh, Hannah Gadsby. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to avoid saying, like, the world's most famous lesbians. Um, Miriam Margulies, I think, is pretty queer. If you're looking for, like, not the Miriam Margulies, you could always ask Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) Just gay men erasing lesbians all over again. (laughs) So what are some of the people, places, music, films, or TV shows that you're currently queering out over? Um, well, last night I watched the new Mortal Kombat movie, which definitely took me back to like 10 year old little gay me because that movie was definitely formative in my queer development. I mean, there is nothing queer about the new one, but it is like it, it is camp. It's just like it's very straight camp, if that makes sense. Yep. But yeah, that was that was really fun and stupid. It's just like it's just pure nonsense for two hours. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so. You know, three out of ten recommend, basically. It would be my review <laughs> of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, what else am I queering out over? Um, oh, I just read a book called Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl. Have you read it? No. I don't know how old it is, but it's set in the 90s, and it's like a real kind of catcher in the rye sort of style protagonist of like a bit of a shithead. But they've got this like magical realism tweak where the, the protagonist can change genders at will. Oh. And it's kind of like a commentary on transness and trans issues, but it's just them like navigating the 90s and the gay scenes and like experiencing as a gay man and as a lesbian. And it's all told through music of the 90s and like riot girl scene and grunge. Oh, wow. So if you're into music and like gay stuff, it's really, 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 really good. How many stars are you giving that one? I think I would give that five stars. I've noticed that with your Instagram recently, you've been doing like a lot more makeup. And I don't know if that's like a product of the pandemic. Have you all, you've always been just like wanting to experiment? Like what's made you like kind of lean into it even more? Yeah, I think the reason I fell off with drag is because of craft of makeup. I mean, I love performing as well, but I'm the kind of person like when I discover a craft that I like, I want to become the best or new things constantly. And like, that's, that's the reason I continue to enjoy getting into drag is because every time I do it, I try to tweak something or try something a little bit different or do one thing differently, just because I'm kind of constantly curious what it will look like or if I can do it. So I guess the pandemic gave me more time for that. And also, I think just the pressure over the past year of like trying to figure out how to stay relevant and like the pressure to put out yeah, content producing content yeah um mm. that felt like something i could do from my home that would creatively entertain me but also you know give me something to put out there into the world 
And yeah, it's been really like it's been really fun. I my makeup has improved so much in the last year. And it's funny with drag. I don't know if you find this thing. Drag is funny in that anytime you do drag, you're like, I am the most gorgeous person who has ever <laughs> existed. I cannot believe how beautiful I am. And I look uh, back at these photos of me a year ago and I'm who is that ugly creature? So uh, I look forward to feeling that way about my current drag as well in another year, hopefully. I a hundred percent agree. Like when people keep saying I do drag, but like and if I don't know how to do makeup or whatever, I go, the more you practice the better you get and you don't get it because in your mind as a man fine you realize oh i look handsome like this or whatever because you've had like a whole lifetime to develop that image of yourself but in drag you haven't so like every time you do something different every time that you do makeup again you get whether it's that you actually make your brows even yeah <laughs> or that your liner is better like it actually just changes your perception of yourself so that's what that's my theory behind it that every time you do drag you're improving and so that's why you are like you never know what your potential beautiful like drag persona is gonna be mm -hmm. and so that's why it's so exciting every time you do it because you're like i'm just stunning and like i am the one i am the only one <laughs> we are insufferable what is your pet peeve when it comes to drag like if you see somebody's makeup what is it that like kind of puts you like what is the thing that you will critique do you think mm. I mean, I'm just like picturing Davina de Campo's face right now, just to like see if I can pinpoint <laughs> one specific area. <laughs> um, it bugs me when people do not overline their lips enough. It's like, treat yourself, hun. Treat yourself to a big lip, you know? It's, it's okay. It's worth it. Basically, anyone can do it. Like Rosé, all of her season, it, she fixed it in the finale, but yeah, all of her season, she just had these little thin lips when she was in drag. I'm like, hon, come on, treat, treat yourself. White person pencil lips. My favorite lip nowadays to draw is like just the straight, like this, the arch, like no yeah. bow. No bow. Like yeah. just the arch, like no bow. <laughs> I'm like, they are so full. They've like lost all border. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. I do the same. There's something, I feel like it also cheats the eye a little bit better when you draw the semicircle rather than the bow. Like the bow, you kind of <laughs> see the other bow a bit more somehow. I don't really know. Illusion. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I always find funny is that people always, I guess like straight men in particular, but even gay men are always fascinated by tucking. Mm. And we don't, we're not going to talk about how to talk because people can YouTube that as much as they want. But what I wanted to ask you is like, for me, if I don't have to, I don't want to. Um, I'm more of like a smusher, like just push it down and hope for the best. Yeah. Like coming from East London and the whole gender fuckery thing, like what, where is your position on tucking? Pro tuck, anti tuck. <laughs> uh, I am the same as you. I, uh... I don't think I have ever tucked in my life. I have tried a couple times, but I couldn't get the balls up there. So um, <laughs> I'm the same as you, smusher, like a gaff or two and then three pairs of tights and like you're pretty much yeah. fine. Uh, you know, I met Willem before Drag Race when I was at Burning Man and I was in like desert drag and Willem was <laughs> like, are you tucked at Burning Man? And I was like, no, 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 I've just like, done that technique that you just, I uh, just described to you. Yeah. And Willem said, oh, I call that the monster mash. <laughs> a good name. Recently, I did a couple of looks which were just like vegetables. So I was using vegetables to just cover up my parts at the bottom. And um, so I did tuck and tried to do it like a little bit more 
with more finesse because it was probably going to be seen. Um, but I was using vinyl tape. So like what they use to mark the grounds on like dance studios, mm -hmm. right? Which works really well because it has actually a little bit of like stretch in it. So you can get quite good tension. Um, but the adhesive afterwards, I obviously didn't like sweat enough in my crack. So when I removed the tape, the adhesive like still stuck. And so for the rest of the day, I was walking around and I would like fart. But the adhesive had like stuck my cheeks and my hole together. So instead of like a... It was like a... It was like the oddest feeling of like a fart. You're like, oh, it's still going. Like, <laughs> so just <laughs> beware. <laughs> like an inflatable animal slowly losing air. Just a slow leak. Yeah. The epitome of a slow leak. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably the same smell. Like, where, do you, sm is, is there, did someone leave the gas on? Like, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. No. So. I also, just on the subject of tucking, like, I used to just completely not tuck and be like, I do drag with a bulge. I find it exhausting to do that now just because every single person on the internet will then tell you um, that your tuck is bad. Oh, yeah. But do you feel conf pressure to conform to some imaginary standard of drag? Like, yeah. that's kind of what you're describing, isn't it? Yeah. Or, and if anything, I feel pressure to conform to, like, the version of drag that I presented on Drag Race. Yeah, why aren't you that person we saw on TV yes. kind of thing? So if yeah. I, I didn't have like an untucked crotch then, then I'm not allowed to now. Do you know, does that make sense? Like it, it makes no sense because they were fully willing to accept my chest hair and there would be an outcry if I shaved my chest. People would be like, why are you changing? So um, <laughs> basically I am forever trapped in 2019 or 2018, whenever we filmed it, um, the version, that version of me. Christo, you're known for your circus skills and, and your stunty performances, I guess. Have you have you been planning, you know, or dreaming of what would your sort of ultimate performance be? Have you got an imaginary stage show ready to go that you've been thinking of during quarantine? Yeah, well, I had a show I was supposed to take to Edward Fringe last year, um, like a variety show with a bunch of drag and burlesque and all sorts of performers. Um, and I had this brilliant opening number planned. Uh, who knows if it'll ever happen, but it was going to be um, just like an apparatus, an aerial apparatus, like a chandelier that I was going to hang from and um, be covered in all this tassely, glittery fabric that was going to be activated by a wind machine and just be this like amazing sparkly mirror ball. I want to create like a really magic moment, not like high energy gag necessarily, but I want to create like the most beautiful, ethereal, the kind of moment that transports you and you're like, I am no longer in this theater or this tent. Like I am in this magical world. Uh, I want to do that. Have you seen like, it's back in the day, it's like Ethel Merman. This is when I think of like ultimate drag performance, I'm like, okay, if money was no option, if I could, I had unlimited resources have you seen that ethel merman i think it is her she's like in a swimsuit but she like comes out and it's like fountains of water um do you know what i'm I talking about so. and she's like in a trapeze and she there's all the synchronized dancers yes like that's the kind of like i would love yeah. that and then maybe you know it's a it's a collaboration between jeremy scott and Mugliere, <laughs> like my outfit is. Um, maybe like 
halfway through it's also like the X Factor finale where then you you introduce your duet partner. <laughs> and I would still ask Nicole Scherzinger to come out because I know that she would want to steal the show. So she would try really hard to upstage me, but she wouldn't. <laughs> and then it would just make the show more gag worthy. Like... <laughs> Who would be your surprise duet partner? For your opening number, you're the glittery chandelier, glitter ball. Who are you bringing out on stage to take it to the next level? So for that number, it would have to be Alison Goldfrapp because the track is to Goldfrapp. So that would just be perfect. Imagine Goldfrapp, she's just there singing it. Actually, but you don't even know she's there singing it until the last chorus because then she'll come out because I don't want her like taking, stealing attention. Yeah. <laughs> From the no, from inside the chandelier. She's in the chandelier. Like she would yeah, she's come in the chandelier. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Crystal, one of your recent gigs was as the host of Group Sext, a reality dating show based around texting. So we wanted to get your insights on the world of dating. Okay, let's do it. From what you've seen or experienced, do you think there's any differences between Canada and the UK when it comes to dating? For me, the difference is really stark, but that's because when I lived in Canada, smartphones had only just been invented. (laughs) So um, I was like... Montreal is like old school gay to me in my head. And then London is like dicks on demand. But I'm sure there are other differences, but I just don't know what they are because it's been so long. I like kind of the European mentality of dating and maybe the in your face, just like brutal honesty. Like people are a little bit more upfront in Europe, whereas here in Canada, it's like, do you like me? Are you just being polite? Mm. Like, there are obviously people that are real dicks here in Canada too. Dicks are everywhere. But <laughs> but I do find in general, it's easier to read somebody in Europe than it is, especially like physically, actually. I also find if somebody's interested in you in Europe, they are very just forward. Whereas here in Canada, there's still like that little game of like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. I also... <laughs> I mean, it has been a long time since I've been on the dating scene, but I remember finding pop culture in the UK really refreshing for dating because it felt really low stakes. Like you could just go for a pint with someone and like it could just be one drink and be done and like never see that person again. Like it just felt easy and relaxed because that's just kind of what you do. It's not like, okay, we'll go for dinner at seven and like it's a whole production like you don't necessarily need to do all of that so maybe there's that i was just going to ask you whether the pandemic has changed queer dating in any way from your perception i think all of our holes have grown over well mine's just from the adhesive (laughs) from the tucking tape so (laughs) otherwise it was gaping right open (laughs) flapping in the breeze When it comes to dating and hooking up, messaging and texting and DMs are obviously a fairly key way of connecting with other people. Do you have any advice or guidance on how we can improve our texting game? Um, Well, like you say, I am the host of this new TV show called Group Sext, and it's all about that. And it has been fun really watching different people's techniques. I would say the only real lesson is like, make someone laugh. Like, Don't be literal, (laughs) have some banter. Like, that's what you need to to get attention. Definitely, that's how it worked on the TV show. We did six episodes, and, like, it was always people who had the chat that made it through. Okay, this is my thing. Are you against people sending you or receiving unsolicited dick pics? I am fully pro unsolicited dick pics, but, like, just so you know, I might screenshot it and send it to people. If you have sent it to me and I have not asked for it, I might mock you. 
Yes, I think that's to to I do agree. I know there's people that are like, "Oh no, that was just a private moment between us," and I'm like, "But if you didn't, yeah, I didn't ask consent." Me, like, um, no. Uh, at the height of Drag Race, I, they, they were coming in pretty fast and furious, which was really funny. Um, it doesn't happen so much anymore, <laughs> but I did get one the other day, and you're always like, just it's always a bit of a surprise, you know? You're like, "Oh, this random person has sent me a DM." Just like, I wonder what this photo is that yes. someone's just sent me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes <laughs> I'm very pro because in general I'm like I don't really understand the the like why people get so worked up about it because I'm like as a gay man don't you like dicks and holes so why are you mad okay well I think we should we we should just say here that like consent is important and <laughs> boundaries are fine it's fine to have boundaries okay, speak I'm just for saying yourself, Crystal, me no, personally <laughs> For me personally, I don't give a shit. It does not bother me. Like, if someone starts harassing me... Yes, there you go. ...kind of constantly coming and I'm not responding, then, like... <laughs> I just had an image of something, like, completely unrelated when you said somebody just keeps on co- constantly coming and I'm unresponding. <laughs> I'm just imagining this man just, like, lying there, just like, it's still going. <laughs> and you're like, we're done. Like, it's please, over. get yeah. out. Get, get out now. All right, final thing that we wanted to cover is the island. Ming, can you explain the rules of the island, please? I sure can. Imagine that you are on a deserted island. Um, three people come aboard. You have to do one of three things to them. Mm-hmm. So the first option is just boot. They don't get to come ashore. You just kick them straight off. Uh-huh. The second is you have sex with them and then you boot them. Uh-huh. And then the last one is you keep them for company, not allowed to touch them, just there for like chitty chatty time makes sense so i'm only getting to have sex once only once and then they're booted so it's very much like a london pub yeah you just go do your thing and then <laughs> just one drink done okay top three of drag race uk season two lawrence bimini and taste bloody hell do you know bimini yeah yeah, yeah. i know bimini quite well and i know taste medium i've never met lawrence um 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 i'll i'll do it based on that where i have no idea what lawrence is like as a person so i'm just gonna be safe and boot lawrence straight away (laughs) and then i'm going to uh what was the second option hit and boot boot. (laughs) okay i'm gonna hit and boot taste and i'll keep bimini around for company and she's also got a, a small footprint as well on the island. She won't be, like, killing animals or anything. So just all vegan. She'll just be eating leaves and, uh, and leave me all of the eggs <laughs> and delicious goat's milks. All right, next round, we're sticking with Drag Race UK. This time we're looking at the judges. You've got the choice of Graham Norton, Alan Carr, and Dawn French. Oh, oh. Okay, so you, you've got a... <laughs> I think you've got a boot, Graham... Um, boot and kick Alan and then keep Don French around. Yep. Or maybe you have sex with Don French and keep Alan Carr. Basically, you want to hang out with either Don French or Alan Carr because I think Graham's got a bit of a stick of his butt. That's interesting, actually, because, like, I, out of Alan and Graham, I actually like Graham more, but maybe I'm because I haven't lived in the UK as long. I feel like Alan grows on you. Yeah. Uh, Alan is, like, just pure joy. Like, when you talk to him, you're like, you are the nicest man. Um, whereas Graham is like a consummate professional who can turn on like a sarcastic wit. Ah, interesting. Graham is devastatingly funny. I think I would actually be with you. I would probably hit and boot Dawn because, well, 
I've never had sex with a woman, but I think I would have sex with Dawn because that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, and also, <laughs> she'd make like, you laugh. You're yeah. on a deserted island, so why not try something new? All right, final round of the island. Uh, we're going with Canada's drag race this time. The judges there: Brooklyn, Jeffrey, and Stacy. Ooh, Brooklyn, Jeffrey, and Stacy. Oh, 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 okay. I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna boot Stacy. I'm going to boot and kick. Jeffrey, and I'm gonna hang out with Brooklyn. Just feel like that makes the most sense. I can see that. We can do each other's hair and stuff, and you know, make costumes from the palm fronds. Exactly. Palm palm fronds. Palm palm fronds. <laughs> palm fronds. That's actually really hard to say. Yeah. I always read it everywhere, but <laughs> what is a frond? Palm frond. Well, that's the end of the episode. Make sure to subscribe and tell your friends. Remember, snowballing is for everyone. Follow Crystal on Instagram at Crystal will see you now. Follow Ming on Instagram at Hey Mingling. And follow Gareth on Twitter at GTV London. This episode was presented by Gaydar.net, the original gay dating app. Tune in next time for more snowballing and more gay nonsense.